You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, Giants fans, and welcome to a new edition of the Valentine's Views podcast here on Big Blue View Radio, part of your SB Nation family of podcasts. Please subscribe to uh, Big Blue View Radio uh, wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, listen to to the Valentine's Views show. Also, the uh, the Chris and Nick show. Both of those guys do a fantastic job as well. So uh, show them some love as well. All right, Giants fans, we are into Super Bowl week as we wait for the Kansas City Chiefs to face the Philadelphia Eagles in the 2023 Super Bowl. And, and that means that, that Giants fans are, are looking at the rosters of, of both of these teams and in some cases shaking their heads about some of the former Giants who are on the Eagles roster and on the Chiefs roster. And really that applies to, uh, to especially former Giants number one draft pick, Kadarius Toney. I still get questions to the Big Blue View mailbag and uh, comments at, at, uh, at Big Blue View and in my Twitter feed wondering what went wrong between Tony and the Giants. Why didn't it work? What is going on? You know, why are the Kansas City Chiefs getting some production out of Tony when the Giants couldn't? Got a question this week regarding Tony from Jack McMullen. And I thought we would uh, we would address that here today as it sort of fits in Super Bowl week. Let me read uh, some of, of Jack's question here, and, and then we'll get into it for a couple of minutes. Jack writes, I know the situation is over and nothing can be done about it, but the Kadarius-Tony deal still sticks in my craw. While he was a giant, it seemed he couldn't even put his shoes on the correct foot most of the time. Every day was another crisis. Are there any real factors you're aware of that caused this mess? The Giants have a great group of coaches, and I can't believe that they didn't make every effort to get him on board. Did Tony not like being drafted by the Giants? Didn't like New York City? Maybe he wasn't happy with his role in the offense. Uh, Jack also says he's guessing that Tony will be somewhat productive with the Chiefs, and it stinks he couldn't do that with the Giants. All right, Jack, let's talk about Kadarius Tony a little bit. We know what happened with Kadarius Tony in his rookie season. We know why Tony ended up with the New York Giants. The Giants badly wanted Devontae Smith in that 2021 draft class. And the, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, of course, jumped up in front of the Giants, selected Smith. Dave Gettleman made the choice to trade down with the Chicago Bears down to number 20. And it's a move that I supported at the time. I loved the fact that that the Giants, where they were, 
we're going to to add draft picks, add players, you know, to a roster that that needed depth. Yes, they passed on the idea of drafting Micah Parsons or drafting Rashawn Slater at that point, but I supported the idea. The problem from the get-go was that I wasn't certain about the selection of Kadarius Toney. There were red flags about Tony, about his maturity level, about his injury history, the constant you know issues with especially with with soft tissue injuries with the hamstring pulls and things like that. There were all sorts of red flags in the various scouting reports that you read. So there were questions about about Tony to begin with, never questions about his talent, but always questions about his injuries and about his maturity level. And I think right from the very beginning of, you know, with Tony, we saw those in his rookie year with Joe Judge and and with Dave Gettleman. There were issues right away with him not reporting to OTAs, you know, the whole shoe mess, um, some of his social media things that that he put out there, which while I understand his sentiments, sometimes it's a little bit tone deaf at times to, to say some of the things on social media that he said. And we saw the constant lack of ability, always seeming to be injured, always seeming to, you know, every time you think he's turning a corner and beginning to show his talent, then you know, we find another injury, you know, a shoulder, a hamstring, an ankle injury, whatever it was, lack of availability. And we saw all throughout his rookie season, we saw Giants coaches talk about Tony's maturity and talk about Tony needing to gain the trust and respect, not only of the coaching staff, but of his teammates. We saw that at the very, very beginning of 2021 in the spring and at the end of December giants coaches were still talking about the same maturity things with Kadarius Tony about needing to gain trust from the people around him, which tells you that over the course of six months, Kadarius Tony had not been able to do that. Fast forward to uh, 2022 and you, you have a new general manager, you have a brand new coaching staff, and, and first and foremost, let's understand, obviously, these are not people who drafted Kadarius Tony. These are people who inherited Kadarius Tony. When, when new decision makers come in, they're not tied to decisions that were made in the past. That's why... The Giants spent so much time and effort throughout the season trying to figure out if Daniel Jones was their answer going forward. They got a positive answer to that one. And, you know, there are examples of other players on the roster. I can think of of O'Shane Zimenez being one in particular, Darius Slayton being another, guys who got opportunities with this new coaching staff, got a fresh start and you know, put their nose to the grindstone and took advantage of it and had good seasons in 2022. Kadarius Tony had that same fresh start with the New York Giants, and it just didn't work. 
I can't tell you this for a fact, but knowing the uh, the red flags, knowing that I that some teams were going to shy away from Kadarius Tony in the 2021 draft, I would guess that Joe Shane would not have drafted Kadarius Tony. In, in 2021, had he been in that situation, he might have made the trade down that Dave Gettleman made. I don't know. But in that same situation, I think that Joe Shane would have picked someone else. Nonetheless, Kadarius Tony was here with the Giants when Joe Shane and Brian Dable came on board. They tried to make it work, and yet we saw right from the beginning the same issues with Kadarius Tony. He didn't show up at the very beginning of off-season activities, which with a brand-new coach, brand-new GM, is sort of a cardinal sin. You show up, you make a good impression, you start off on the proper foot. Kadarius Tony didn't do that. And then he showed up, and by the time the Giants were on the field, Kadarius Tony was already injured. He had already had to undergo knee surgery. He missed all of the spring work and again missed almost all of the work through training camp. The Giants, Joe Shane, Brian Dable always said the right things about Kadarius Tony. But again, through the first part of the season, the Giants got Kadarius Tony on the field for two games throughout the first eight this season. And you have to wonder, you know, at some point, the Giants, as I said, they said all of the right things. But when I look at all of these soft tissue injuries, I've talked to uh, to scouts in the league and and, and people that, that make these decisions and when guys consistently suffer these kinds of injuries, when it's not just one injury, when it's again and again and again, you begin to wonder about a guy's work ethic. You begin to wonder how much he cares. You begin to wonder if he does the proper stretching. You begin to wonder if he, if he takes care of his body away from the field, if he does all of those things that, that most NFL players who have long, successful careers do to keep their bodies ready to play. And the only thing that I know for certain is that there had to be frustration in the building about Kadarius Tony. Um, Joe Shane at one point in time in the spring had said he didn't think Tony was a tradable commodity. What I do know, and I don't have this firsthand, but there was a story uh, floating around right around the time that the Giants traded Kadarius Tony that Tony felt he was healthy. The Giants, given his history, wanted to wait a little bit longer. They wanted to wait until after the bye week to get him on the field. They wanted him to stay in New Jersey during that bye week to continue rehabbing, continue strengthening that hamstring so that in the second half of the season, he would be ready to go. The, the story that goes around is that Kadarius Tony was not happy about that, that Kadarius Tony didn't want to stay in New Jersey during, during the bye week. He wanted to practice that week. He wanted to play the week before the, the Giants bye. I think that was against the Seattle Seahawks. 
the Giants preferred to hold him out. And, and at that point in time, the Giants got an offer for Kadarius Toney from the Kansas City Chiefs and decided that that they had done as much as they could do to work with Kadarius Toney to try and make it work to deal with a player that I still believe would not have been a giant in the first place had they been the decision makers at the time and that they decided that the time and effort that they were putting in just wasn't paying off and that he wasn't really a player they felt like they could successfully work with and they took the offer from Kansas City, a third and sixth round pick. Now, is it a big surprise that at times Kadarius Tony has been a productive player for Kansas City? Absolutely not. He's a talented player. When he can get on the field, he can do some really good things. The problem is he's just not on the field often enough. And you wonder if that has it, it, it can't simply be bad luck when it's again and again and again. Kadarius Tony has now not practiced this week for the Chiefs, again with a hamstring string injury and also with an ankle injury. He has not been practicing. His availability for the Super Bowl is unknown. This is the second time since he's been with the Chiefs that he's been hurt. So that particular issue is continuing with, uh, with Kadarius Tony. And, and as I said, I think it was just a matter of the Giants realizing that that Tony simply wasn't a guy who who fit the work ethic, who fit the culture, who fit what they were trying to build in New York. And they felt like talent or no talent, they were better off moving on and building with people that they wanted to build with rather than trying to make this work. So uh that's what I know about Kadarius Tony, and you know, as we, as I said, at, at times when he's on the field, you're going to look at it and say it's too bad he couldn't have done that for New York. But the Giants did what they felt was best by moving on, by claiming Isaiah Hodgins off waivers from the Bills, and in going into this offseason, they will continue to construct a wide receiver core, um, a tight end group. They will continue to construct this team with players that they want to go forward with, that they feel like they can work with successfully. Unfortunately, it just didn't work with Kadarius Tony. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. 
All right, Giants fans, I have one more thing for you guys today. One of the things that we're going to try to do throughout the uh, NFL draft process leading up to the 2023 NFL draft is get a chance to talk to some of the young men who are hoping to hear their names called in the in the 2023 NFL draft. And I had a chance the other day to speak with Levi Bell, who is a defensive tackle from Texas State. And, uh, and Bell is a really interesting story because he has been working at fullback, which is a position he has never played before, and working also working at defensive tackle. So basically working as a two-way player leading up to the draft, which might remind some Giants fans of, uh, of former Giant fullback slash defensive tackle Nikita Whitlock. So Bell is a really interesting story. So after, uh, after the break here, let's, uh, let's take a little break. And after the break, I'll play the, the interview that I did with, uh, with Levi Bell. All right. We're back here on the Valentine's views podcast. And one of the things that I want to do as we uh, build up to the 2023 NFL draft is I want to, uh, to talk to some of the uh, the players who are uh, hopefully going to hear their names called and uh, try to make NFL rosters uh, this coming fall. And today I have with me Levi Bell, defensive lineman from Texas State. Levi, appreciate your uh, crawling out of bed this morning and, and, <laughs> and joining me for a few minutes. It's a pleasure. I'm glad to be here. So... Uh, you're a little bit of an interesting story. You played, you were at Louisiana Tech and then finished at uh, at Texas State. Was that as a grad transfer? Yes, sir. Okay. And then uh, so you went through the transfer portal and all of that. And it's, it's my understanding that you are working toward the draft as a two-way player. Am I right? Yes, sir. And... Uh, so defensive tackle by trade went to the college football or the, to the college gridiron showcase, I think, and played some fullback. Um, where did the idea for, uh, for trying this come from? Um, the, the jets came through during the middle of the season and um, they saw, saw my stature and was like, I think they actually asked my strength coach, who's the strongest guy in the weight room? And they pointed me out and they're like, all right, let's interview him. And he said, you'd be a good fullback. So he told my coach that. So my head coach, Coach Spavadol, he put me in for like five reps during the season. Like every once in a while, it'd be like fourth, fourth and one for like a game winning or just like we had to get that touchdown or we had to get the first down. And I would go in and just block people. So I had a little bit of experience. Mm-hmm. And when I went to the the gridiron, they were like, um, we want the scouts, a bunch of scouts requested that I would play that position. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay. So, <laughs> so, so you hadn't really planned on it. You hadn't really worked at it. And then, you know, at the showcase, people were asking to see you try it. Yeah. They were just like, threw me in there. So, so at this point, do you consider yourself a fullback? You consider yourself a defensive tackle? You're trying to work both. You, uh, 
you know, what do you, what do you think the path is? Um, we had interviews at the gridiron and mm-hmm. I talked to 14 teams mm-hmm. and every team said that my best bet is to play a fullback mm-hmm. in all special teams because my, my, they said my arm length, mm-hmm. uh, even though, you know, I, was, I did really good at defensive tackle this year. Mm-hmm. Um, they said yep. you're good, but it's just mm-hmm. like statistically your arm length. I have 31 inches in my arms. Mm-hmm. And yep. most, most guys are 33. Yeah. So, um, but I was like, what about Aaron Donald? He's the exception. Yep. <laughs> They're like, well, he's the exception. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Aaron uh, Donald's Aaron Donald's an exception to a lot of rules. I think. Yeah. I'm, I'm still, I'm still shaking my head because way back, I think his draft class was 2014. And he was right in range for the Giants, which is the you know the team that I cover. And I thought, no way, no way he can play for the Giants. No way, because no way are they drafting a 285 pound defensive tackle. Boy. You know, yeah. And uh, and I, and I think uh, he he proved me wrong. <laughs> yeah, but oh, yeah. it's it's funny how, um, I mean, does it? Does it bother you a little bit? Does it take you back a little bit that instead of looking at film and looking at your play, they're looking at at your size and the length of your arms and, and saying, oh, we can't have him as a defensive tackle? I mean, I get it from their perspective. Their job's on the line. Like, they got to mm-hmm. be – everything's got to be, like, statistically right mm-hmm. because, you know, stats don't lie, even though mm-hmm. there are exceptions, and I could be an exception – but, um, I mean, I look at it as, uh, I mean, they're just being professional and giving me the truth. Mm-hmm. And uh, whatever opportunity I have, I'm going to take. And you never know. Like, they could throw me in a practice squad and I, for defensive tackle, and I go off and then mm-hmm. be like. Or, you know, I, I might end up playing fullback and do really well. So, mm-hmm. I just want to so- get on the field. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, there are guys, and there have been a couple who came through the Giants who had a a similar path. I don't know if you're familiar with guys that have that have that have had that path. Nikita Whitlock is a guy who was a uh, a Giants favorite for a couple of years. College defensive tackle came to the NFL as a fullback and actually ended up doing both for the Giants. So that was that was interesting. Mostly fullback, a little bit of defensive tackle. Um, so I don't know if you've looked into guys like that, that have, that have done it. Yeah. I've heard of Pat Ricard. Um, okay. that's pretty much it for now. Mm-hmm. I know mean, those guys in the past, I've right. tried to research and try to, to learn up. <laughs> yeah. Nikita Whitlock is one and Colin Gillespie is another one who was with the giants for a year. I think had a college background as a defensive player and he's made his career mostly as a special teamer. Mm-hmm. theoretically listed as a fullback so yeah. so it, it does happen although shoot there aren't a lot of teams in the league using fullbacks right now but yeah but so i'm curious about your days and about your training and about learning to be a fullback at this point how does that change you know your approach to uh you know to training and getting ready and 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 your uh and your day-to-day um, I mean, it trains uh, differently in some ways. I mean, more than, more than like not a lot, uh, but I'd say, so 
I've been trying to cut weight. I've been trying to lean out. So I ended the season, let's say like a month ago, it was probably about 280 mm-hmm. at the college gridiron. And I was able to get down to 270. Mm-hmm. And now I'm around like 260s, uh, 267. Mm-hmm. So I cut some weight. Mm-hmm. Um, I've lowered a lot of body fat. So mm-hmm. I'm a lot more leaner, a lot faster. Um, and I'm also training with the receiver coach once a week. He's the guy that uh, works at the Exos training mm-hmm. facility. So he's um, working my hands and my route running and teaching me how to be ready for that. Um, so that's pretty cool. I mean, I wouldn't have been doing that. Mm-hmm. And, is, um, that is that something, I mean, catching balls? And, and is, I mean, did you do that in high school or did you play any offense in high school? So is that familiar to you at all? Uh, no, I haven't had much experience with it, um, mm-hmm. but I was able to pick it up like really quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, you know, playing football my whole life, you know, you catch the ball a lot, but like I never had a specific position mm-hmm. where I was catching the ball. Um, I played a little bit of fullback in high school and it was just like to block mm-hmm. and to run the ball every once in a while. But uh, I was like mainly a defensive player. Okay, um, so. But I was, yeah, it it's a it's a lot different. Uh, is it is it a different mentality, or does it uh, do you find that that just the aggression from being a defensive tackle? Do you find oh, yeah. that 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 helps just in terms of you know of being willing to to throw yourself up in there and try to knock somebody out of the hole? Oh, it definitely helps. Um, first off, I know what they're thinking because I was in their shoes. And if I mm-hmm. saw a big guy running at me, I'm going to be thinking numerous things, uh, like try to finesse or just try to go through. So I know what they're thinking. And then just like the aggression, mm-hmm. like I'm this kind of guy where I don't like, I don't like being super all finessey. Like I want to have that contact. I want, I like the mm-hmm. physical contact of football. That's like my favorite part, you know, hands on, let's go. I'm going to drive you to the ground. One-on-one kind of composition, uh, competition, and also was a state champ wrestler in Texas um, in high school. So like that is like my other favorite sport. So mm-hmm. I love that uh, filling the leverage one-on-one game. Mm-hmm. Um, so at the college gridiron, I went in there and uh, one of the couple scouts were like, looks like you're having fun. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, this is fun. I get yes. to go have a simple job, mm-hmm. pretty much go get the other dude out of the way. And I'm like, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I, I can do that. I, I can do that. That's kind of fun. <laughs> Seriously, I'm like, that's the best part about football. And you don't have to you don't have to deal with double teams and guys diving at your legs and true. Yeah. <laughs> so um so you, it seems like or it, it seems like you're you're taking to this pretty well. Do you uh you feel like you know you feel like this is something that uh you know that that you could definitely do then? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Yeah. So I'm just curious what the whole experience has been like for you. I mean, it's still sort of the beginning of the process and, you know, getting a chance to, to go to the, to the showcase and, and, you know, just getting a chance to talk to NFL teams and all of that at this point, just what has that experience been for you at this point? I mean, it's my body's kind of in shock in a way. Cause it's like my whole life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been thinking about this and now it's like right around the corner and uh, talking to all the NFL teams. It's like, wow. And they actually have interest. Like after mm-hmm. the first day of practice, I couldn't even eat lunch 
until like mm-hmm. seven o'clock at night because everyone just kept pulling me aside to get in an interview. And mm-hmm. I was just like, wow, this is, this is amazing. Like mm-hmm. I've always was the underdog. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, I went through like the hard route, started at smaller schools. And, mm-hmm. um, so I was just like, wow, this is really happening. And, um, so it's just been like a dream, mm-hmm. and, uh, but it's like coming true. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's been a wonderful experience. And you said, I'm just curious, you said that, you know, you were a, you were a wrestler in high school as well. Did you, was there ever any doubt in your mind that, you know, collegiately you would choose football over wrestling? Uh, I mean, I was debating that mm-hmm. my senior year. I was like, should I do football or wrestling? You know, cause I could have done both. If I did wrestling, I was thinking about after college joining the UFC and doing an MMA because uh, mm-hmm. I know, like, that's another professional route. I Dude, you do play. like you do like to hit people. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, if I wasn't doing football, I'd be doing like MMA or UFC. Because mm-hmm. I just like competing professionally, and that's like my favorite part is like the one-on-one competition part. Cool. Um, so that's what I would be doing if I wasn't here. Um, but I was debating. I was like, should I? And then I thought, which one do I like the most? And mm-hmm. um, I mean, football, I, I love a lot more because you don't have to worry about cutting weight. Mm-hmm. You know, and the best part is that you you have your brothers, you know, mm-hmm. you're doing it together and you're working as a team and wrestling just all individual. Mm-hmm. And it can get pretty lonely. You're just by yourself. You know, you have your teammates there, but they're not competing with you. And it's like a lot more uh, stressful and not as mm-hmm. fun. In football, there's just so many perks there's so many different positions so many things going in and out of it um so many things you can do and i was like yeah i'm gonna do that yeah i just remember when i was a high school sports writer i used to you know we used to cover wrestling matches and and i just remember that i loved the sport i hated what those kids put themselves through to to get to the weights and and whatnot because i can remember I can remember watching a kid play middle linebacker in the fall at 215 and wrestle in the winter at 167. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that that can't be healthy. No. <laughs> you know? it's, it was awful, yeah. Mm-hmm. I felt so bad watching those guys. Like, I saw all the methods they did, and I was like, mm-hmm. um, I was thankful because I was, uh, for my method was, you just go up in a weight class. So the whole time I was just trying to get bigger. <laughs> yeah, the coaches but, are like football first. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Hey, Levi, I appreciate a few minutes. Good luck with this. Uh, you know, go, go, go work on catching some passes and uh, hopefully, good. hopefully we'll see you. Uh, we'll see you get an opportunity in the fall. So thanks again for a few minutes. I appreciate it. God bless you. Thank you. Giants fans, that's our show for today. Thank you, as always, for listening. Please remember to uh, stay safe out there, take care of each other, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. 
You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement. The Current Podcast is back with an exciting new season featuring marketing executives from the world's most influential brands. Tune in to hear what's driving conversation in the fast-moving world of digital advertising with unique insights from brands as diverse as Hilton, Instacart, Moderna, Major League Soccer, and more. And in this presidential election season, The Current explores what a national political advertiser like the National Republican Senatorial Committee and a major CPG brand like Hershey can learn from each other. Listen in and subscribe to The Current at thecurrent.com or wherever you get your podcasts.